Okay, I'm, I'm feeling confident about this one. I think we've been on a good roll, all things considered. Have we? I, it feels like it-ish. Um, sure. I don't know if the responses have been that way. <laughs> well, I mean, people are pretty divided on the prequels as long as you don't compare them to, like, the Confederacy. Yeah, they're not... Yeah, don't compare them to white supremacists, you know. Yeah, that tends to be a, a bad decision just, like, across the board. Because it's like, you know... A lot of smart people like the prequels. I, hard to believe, I know. But, and no, I'm not, I don't believe, I, I just want, that's all I want to stress. No one, if you like those movies, you're not an idiot. I don't think you're an idiot. I just don't, it, it comes down to, it's very subjective and just, I do not enjoy watching them. That's it. That's the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about what the movies are about all day long. And I'll say it's very interesting to talk about them. I would say more interesting to talk about them than to watch, much like most Harmony Korean films. I don't like watching them. And that's a subjective thing, because someone can love watching something like that for some reason. Uh, Anyway, uh, live and let live. Everyone like what the fuck you like. Don't be a dick about it. Yeah. Hello. Don't don't hate the viewer. Hate the film. Okay, what? Hello. You're listening to the Waffle Press Podcast. I'm your host, David Crespo, with me today to start rounding up our final, I guess, like trilogy of episodes for the Star Wars retrospective is Matt Garingo. That's me. That is you. I'm Matt. We talked about things, yep. all the Star Wars things. We're going to talk all the way up to The Force Awakens. Yes, and now we're past The Force Awakens into uncharted feels- territory. Ooh. Fucking, you took my thing. God, what I did? That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I was gonna say it feels like uncharted territory, but you, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it's it's a little odd because the stuff we're gonna talk about today is both exciting and concerning. Yes, in a big way. But I, I guess let's to bounce off your your positive opening. Let's talk a little bit about some of the good. Uh, Force Awakens, uh, Rogue One, positive from both of us, mostly, at least. Yeah. Um, it's definitely gone down the more I revisit it. It's diminishing returns. Um, not awful. Uh, I mean, I don't yeah. think I'm ever going to get to a point where I'm like, fuck that movie. And it's, it's, one of those, it's another one of those frustrating things where it's like, you know, a couple more tweaks, it could have been really great. And so it's just fine. And that's all right. Although I think we should maybe expect a little more from our $200 million blockbuster films. Yeah, I still think it's really great, mostly. Uh, specifically the ending. Multiple endings in that movie. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, we talked about that already. Uh, and then there's the Han Solo movie coming out. Uh, I don't want to jump I around we too were, much. I, I thought we were talking about positive. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to jump around too much, but I'm pretty sure that's where all the negative stuff's going to start coming in. So right now, let's, let's swing back around because the year The Force Awakens was released, there was a popular little television series that was launched called Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, new animated series. With the same crew from Clone Wars, I believe. Yeah. I loved the first season. I, I was mm-hmm. shocked by how much I liked it. Because at first I was like, I don't know. And I hadn't fully turned around the Clone Wars yet. Because I hadn't watched all of it yet by that mm-hmm. point. Uh, and the, cartoon, like, the heavily cartoonish designs of the characters made it feel like a little too... Uh, Disney-fied, I guess, like in the in the demeaning way that people bring it out a lot when they're like, "Oh, Disney's buying everything," which is bad. Uh, they're gonna <laughs> put monopolies are bad. They're gonna put Mickey Mouse ears on the Xenomorph. Yeah, like, which is not 
gonna happen, like, but it's still not good. That's what those idiots jump to instead of, hey, there's gonna be media monopolies. <laughs> yeah, like and um, like that's well, the problem. Motherfuck <laughs> what they do with the xenomorph. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the character designs didn't really pop out to me in in any way, and. I was like, I don't know about this. And then I heard good stuff about the premiere, and I watched it, and I was like, hey, this was pretty fun. The character is just Aladdin with the Force, but whatever. And Freddie Prince Jr. voice is a character who's straight it's out not. of 90s fan fiction. He's not Aladdin. He, he looks just like Aladdin. If he doesn't act at all like Aladdin. Uh, he's more insecure. But uh, no, I ended up really loving it. It was a solid, well-constructed season. Each episode was devoted to growing characters in interesting ways or expanding a different section of the universe, even when characters like Lando Calrissian appeared. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I, was, I was really shocked. Yeah, I, and then the season finale was amazing. And what were your thoughts on the first I trailer? really liked it. Um, I thought it was... So, I, but I had also... I watched it without having... I think I had tried to watch the Clone Wars once, and I watched the Clone Wars movie and got really frustrated. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, rightfully so. I don't remember, like, because it took me a while to get into the Clone Wars proper. Um, so I had watched it. So I started with Rebels. So that was like the first, and that was. I think it helped that the hype for Force Awakens was so big that I was kind of trying to get any info on Star Wars I could, especially with the new expanded universe. So like all the old stuff was gone. So I just wanted to know, well, just give give us some grounding in what to expect. Um, so I was really excited for it, and I liked it. I don't have much to say. About it, I honestly don't remember most of the first season, which might be a hint at some of the issues of it. <laughs> uh, but but then I, uh, I I cut cable, so I haven't watched anything since like the middle of season two. Okay, because here's where so, my my opinions might get a little more controversial. Season two, okay. this isn't the controversial part. Season two opens with like this incredible like just cutting down of the heroes like they very much do the empire thing where it's like all right now the heroes gotta change everything they've ever known like everything we've established all right good that's enough for character but in terms of like the world and the plot stuff like that's all changed now because the the first season was took place in that one planet lothal and then the, immediately after season at the opening of season two they're like oh fuck we gotta go on the run and they're like oh that's great empire but that's a good way to build characters and introduce darth vader to to this new audience like that and he just cuts down everything. They even kills someone off in the season premiere. It's like a minor character, but I was like, whoa, this is, was it, this is getting heavy Was now. it that woman? Did she die in that episode? Yeah, yeah the, the governor of Lothal yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, because she's going to betray the Empire, and then they just blow her up. And I was like, hey, stakes. That was, that was amazing. And then, obviously, they brought back Ahsoka, fan favorite from the Clone Wars. And um, it's off to a glorious start for what should be a great season two. And sometimes it is. And other times, I feel like what happens with a lot of network shows when they have 22 episodes, they don't have that much story to cover. And they insist on spreading out the arc for the 22 episodes instead of diluting them into uh, sub-arcs or anything like that. And I think that really hurt the series when they extended the episode runs. Hmm. Because uh, it's maybe not the best idea for a show that is like, essentially filler like i i don't mean to like de deteriorate from like, take away from the show because when it's good it's really good maybe not clone wars good but it, it's super entertaining it's got some weird goofy star wars stuff in there um but it it, it lacks a punch i think 
Yeah, that was and, my that that kind of became my problem with it too. Although, I mean, I guess it could be summed up in where Ahsoka's arc ends, which I I did make it to that. Is that the end of season two? That's the end of season uh, two. Also, okay, great so ep- like great episode. Yeah, and that's kind of where. Although, but they pull their punch at the very end. I honestly, right. I totally get why they did it. I get why they pulled that punch because it's very. I I can't imagine being the person having to write that. With like with that, what you had to do. Because you know, Star Wars, even even post Ray. I still think there's a huge problem with how some of the female characters, like what they've gotten throughout the history of the Star Wars um, media. Yeah. And uh, to get one that's that good, I guess I should just fucking spoil it. Yeah, I yeah, don't care. Spoilers. Um, all right, yeah. Uh, well, like, she kind of needed to die. Yeah. And, but, like, I totally get why you wouldn't want to do that. But at the same time, like it's that like one you're, you got to do one or the other, and both of them you're kind of going to lose something on. So, because to kill off a character like that, it would have been very controversial, and fans definitely wouldn't have taken it well, especially considering the climate that was kind of going on with Star Wars fans at the time. Which is another reason why I kind of stopped watching because no matter because if you watch those episodes while they were coming out, any fans talking about it would just be like, "It's not the Clone Wars." Like, and they were like, bring back the Clone Wars. And, like, you can make that argument that maybe you should do something with the Clone Wars, but, like, it's, it's, you gotta let it go for now. Yeah, like, focus on gotta, Rebels. Yeah, just judge this thing as it is, and stop. And every discussion, even when you try to give, like, good criticism of Rebels, it would always go back to the Clone Wars. And it just got, that just got on my nerves with, like, the Phantom. And the Phantom was really reacting... I mean, do you remember how ridiculous it got with the reacting to the fact that the EU started over? Oh my, yeah. Where people wanted to, like, spoil The Force Awakens. We didn't really talk about that idea too much. No, well, um, they wanted to do that, and someone bought a billboard, I believe. Yeah, in L.A., right? Uh, Yeah, I believe in L.A., someone bought a billboard saying, like, bring back the original EU. Um, Which I hope that someone at, I hope Lucasfilm wasn't looking at that going, oh no, we're losing customers. And going that, there's a couple customers we can afford to lose. Yeah. Because I'm not trying to be a dick. I, I know if you love that stuff, that's great. <laughs> you can't tell them what to do. And they're not gonna, it's not going to come back. It's gone now. It's too late to bring it back. And it would only be serving you to do that. Whereas not, 95, I would say 95% of Star Wars fans don't go further than maybe a couple comic books into the EU. Maybe an animated series, but they don't go deeper than that. Yeah. And we're lucky that the Clone Wars is still canon. I mean, yeah. they could have easily just dumped that. Yeah, and that, there's a lot of good shit in there. That gave the whole universe a good foundation, I think, to kind of grow from. Because like, the Clone Wars kind of establishes the Star Wars universe in a way that no other media had so concisely. So for people coming in, there's a lot of stuff that's been established that they can work with. Yeah, and... Um... They hadn't erased the EU when they were working on Clone Wars, and they had pulled specific little designs or ideas from the EU. They not the same mm. exactly, the JJ Abrams thing, same but different. And yeah. um, it's like tuckered away in between the cracks and the sheets, and 
uh, all these interesting ideas and directions the series could go now that it's actually been established. If you want to go back to like, well, in the lore, it's like, well, there's a lot of stuff there to pull from still. Mm-hmm. Or just create new stuff. And I think ultimately that's my problem with Rebels. Not that it's not the Clone Wars. Um, because that, yeah, that's fucking stupid. It, I don't feel that it's really building into its own identity, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, it, it is very, uh, I fucking hate this, this terminology, this whole idea, but like very fan servicey. Like uh, I talked about how much I love the character of Thrawn. Mm-hmm. And in Rebels, when I heard he was appearing, I was like, oh, that's great. That's perfect. You know, you can't really top Darth Vader, so just do something else. Yeah. And um, he's good there. He, he, he's interesting. He's, he is a solid villain. I don't feel that they've used him to his full potential. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't understand this, the structure of the show overall. Like, what's it ultimately about other than showing us a time period in Star Wars? It leaves me feeling a little more cold to it than I had initially felt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't like that feeling. It's not bad. I, I, I've never seen an episode of Rebels that was less than acceptable quality. I, maybe that sounds like pretentious. Uh, it's, it's never been less than solid. There you go. It's got very talented but people I, working on it. Yeah, yeah. And um, everyone's very passionate about the show, listening to them at panels and whatnot. Uh, clearly a lot of very talented people involved. I just don't I, – I, it's missing something for me. Yeah. And I think there's just a problem. I think maybe this is, the, this is what happens when you don't have a guiding hand, like maybe Lucas was with the Clone Wars. I know they had to clear – everything the Clone Wars did, I know, had to get, like, you know, approval from Lucas, which would result in, like, changes every now and then, um, especially with how the Force is portrayed on that show, from what I understand. And this, I think they were kind of just like, they, like, Disney took it over and kind of went like, well, we don't want to do the Clone Wars anymore. We want to do new stuff. And they're just like, well, do a show about Rebels. And then they didn't really think it through, at least as much as you should. Because, like, the, the first season works was kind of about that team coming together. Yes, and that's it, always, like, an easy arc to do. But there's a problem. With, to me, the big problem is that it's hard to do a kid's show set at, in the time period when it's set. Do you know what I'm saying? I... I... <laughs> I don't want to get too much ahead into our other episode that we're going to do, mm-hmm. but fuck yeah. Like, I'm, I'm no professional writer or anything, but just coming up with a couple ideas for specifically Ahsoka to do. Uh-huh. Well, and for, for me... It's hard. And for me, it's just the, the Rebels should be constantly losing. Our heroes shouldn't ever win, really. Um, I don't know about that. Do the Game of Thrones thing where it's like, they can win once in a while, but then just knock them down even further. Obviously yeah. not to the extent of Game of Thrones. Yes. But, uh, that, that idea. I'm, I'm fine with that, at least until, like, because, I mean, if you're going by, I don't want to be, like, too much of, like, a canon guy, but if you're going by the rules of Star Wars that the Rebellion, especially now with the new EU, the Rebellion doesn't officially kick off until uh, the Battle of Scarif in Rogue One. And that is, according to the opening crawl of the original Star Wars, that's the first victory of the Rebel Alliance. And up to that point, it had been like a series of skirmishes. And this show kind of gets into how the Rebel Alliance starts coming together. But to me, you kind of needed it to be about like, it needs to be about losing. It needs to be about like, hey, you're going to lose a lot. Especially when shit's really bad. I think that's a story we kind of need right now. Yeah. Um, and 
I always think about like it's always like that simple thing of like this is a weird simple like, like you know on like Cowboy Bebop, <laughs> like they're they're always just trying to get food. <laughs> and when I was a kid, I was like, why why is this show so obsessed with food? And then when I got older, I'm like, oh yeah, it's because they're fucking broke. <laughs> they can't afford to eat. Like that should be a bigger thing with the show, just like how hard it is to be in the rebellion. It starts off that way, and I was kind of shocked that they were still killing in it. But again, having not watched the Clone Wars, I actually think Rebels is a little softer it is. than the Clone Wars was. Uh, I don't know if that's Disney or if that's just how this show is working. That was just the thing that stuck out to me. Uh, but again, like, and I'm not saying like be super dark and super serious and like no one can be happy. Just give like give them some real stakes to be up against, and then also like and then maybe shift it after the Death Star gets blown up. Like have the series be both before and after that. You know, you could do that. And I totally like the idea of, like, you know, these people who are, because they're not, he, the, Ezra is the main kids, right? Ezra? Yeah. Um, he's training to be a Jedi. But he's not being taught by someone who's really a Jedi, like someone who's kind of, is only like a little bit a Jedi Knight. And so he's not fully there yet. And I like that they're still kind of trained, just trying to, like, keep the idea of the Jedi alive in their own little way. And I think it'd be cool if, like, Ezra was, like, the first person to meet. Like, I would end the series with Ezra meeting Luke Skywalker. That'd be how I'd end it. Not sure if that's where they're going with it, though. Yeah. That means Ezra probably got killed by Kylo Ren. (laughs) Which also, like, Clone Wars makes it one of the darkest shows to ever air on television. Yeah, but you know what? I'd be good with that. (laughs) Like, because Star Wars really is kind of, like, about tragedy in a way. It's a fun series, but it's also about, like, if you, like, if you go on a journey looking for yourself, you kind of lose something. And I think that's important. I think some people forget that. They willingly forget it when they don't like a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, just uh, really quick. Just, um, I love the structure of the first season because it's just, it's just that small story that builds into something bigger. And they realize at the end of that season, they're a part of something much bigger than they ever realized. And that, oh, no, we, we have a part to play. And it's going to be hard. And it's like, yeah, that's a great kickoff point for season two. And season two, there's like no overall flow to it. It's sort of like the Marvel thing where like phase one is like, it's clearly building up two Avengers. You know, if they're going to have these like seasonal type stories on the big screen, they got to build to something. And then Avengers two, as much as I like that movie, don't say anything. It doesn't mean there's no overarching story to phase two. Phase three is the same way, but I think the quality of the movies has gotten better. So it's like, okay. And then there's no overarching story in individual seasons. And I think I, I kind of missed that because Clone Wars didn't have that either, but there were individual like episode arcs that would go on for like three to four episodes. Yeah, they knew how to do that. And they also knew how to do, I mean, the structure of Clone Wars allowed them to do episodes that weren't always about like that some episodes didn't have Anakin or Obi-Wan in it at all. Yeah. Some episodes didn't even have Ahsoka in it. Like some episodes just would focus on a minor character, and the the way Rebels is structured, you can't really do that. Um, although you probably could if they just changed it a little, but they're for whatever reason they are they've decided not to do that, or they're not allowed to do that. Um, it's very hard to tell how much Disney actually has sway over it, but I would kind of imagine that some of the I don't know, like lighter elements of the show are probably Disney kind of going like, hey, don't get too dark. Yeah. And so it's like uh, think- when Legend of Korra aired 
and people are complaining about certain things in the series that I don't want to get too deep into because I'm a huge fan of that show. Uh, and then it's very obvious and then becomes later straight up clear that Nickelodeon was putting like handicaps on the series. And the yes. Writers. Yeah. It's amazing that shows that good <laughs> knowing <laughs> what those people, what the pressure they were working under. And also, but that's also a show that got, I think got some rightful criticism after the first year and then kind of course corrected really well with the added pressure of Nickelodeon, not knowing what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. so to me, it's, it can be done. And I know rebels is ending soon. Like, did it begin the last, is this the final season? It's the final season. Yeah. And uh, it um, ends early 2018, I believe, or before the summer anyways, before Han Solo. I know that Disney has a really weird way of rolling out their animated shows. So that might have a, because, you know, Clone Wars lasted like six seasons or something like that. I know, and I mean, because you talk about like, you can only watch Clone Wars on like the Disney Channel or one of the Disney channels, right? Disney XD, I believe it's called. Yeah. And like, you know, I cut cable, so I don't get that. <laughs> to me, it's a lot harder to get those, whereas like other shows, it's easier for me to find them. And I have better access to other animated shows, and that keeps them alive even when they don't get great ratings. Something like Steven Universe. Yeah. Um, which has a great fan base and not necessarily stellar ratings. And I hope that that show can keep going. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that it's a bad fit right now, and Disney doesn't know what to do with it. And right now, I'm not really interested in returning to it. Um, maybe when it's all over and I can see like the whole grand plan, I'll, I'll check it out again. But right now, I have no real interest. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to touch on it because I don't want to spend too much more time on it. Uh, did you hear about the Obi Wan Darth Maul episode? I know Obi Wan appeared in it. Okay. That's all. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you care about spoilers or whatever. I just have to vent something. Go go ahead. Whatever. Or th there's a mini arc in the season where after Darth Maul returns and you know he Wait blinds Kane. And... First of all, I don't think Obi Wan should be on the show, but that's me. Uh... Yeah, uh, Darth Maul realizes at one point that Obi-Wan is alive, and because he hates him more than anyone else on, in the entire galaxy, he starts hunting him down, and Ezra decides to stop him. And so he abandons the Rebels, and there's just an episode where it's basically devoted to Maul and Ezra trying to find Obi-Wan. Ezra finds him first, but like by five minutes, and then Maul like, decides to confront him like he's finally going to kill him. And then Obi-Wan's just like, oh, it's all right, Ezra, go on your way. And it's just like a, a five-minute standoff. There's not even a fight. It's just really quickly. Uh, and not that there should be a fight. I'm going to get to that too. But they, they talk about their history together, uh, all the pain and everything, and how Obi-Wan's like, he's moved on, basically, right? Like, he doesn't need, he doesn't care about fighting Maul anymore. But Maul well, never moved cool. on. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And then uh, they have, it, it, it's about to go down. You can tell, like, shit's about to get real. And then, you know, a couple lightsaber exchanges. Like maybe two or three, and then Obi Wan just cuts through Maul's lightsaber and kills him, and then Maul falls into his arms, and it's it's like a, a mirror of what happens to Qui Gon, which I think is kind of neat. If Qui Gon was a better character, <laughs> um, um, yes, yeah. And so Obi Wan essentially kills Maul, and as he's dying in Obi Wan's arms, he asks him if he's there to protect the Chosen One, and he says yes, and he's like, "Oh, he'll avenge us." And then you know it's kind of sad because Maul still can't see beyond vengeance and anger even when he's dying and it's a great moment in an episode that is so weirdly placed and so awkwardly constructed just to put obi-wan back in the series 
I am like, I, I was, I was beyond baffled. That at, sounds, that sounds really interesting. I wish Ezra wasn't in it. Yeah. <laughs> had, had it, had it just been Maul, it probably would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, there's um, a whole thing about like, uh, fuck, that could have been the fucking Obi-Wan movie everyone wants. That, oh, I'm not going to give away my stuff, but that is, that is a thing I have thought long and hard about. But wait a minute, he's there to protect the chosen one. So it's like, so is Luke the new chosen one? I guess so. You know what? I don't even want to know. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like sitting here, like the gears turning in my head. <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck it. <laughs> it's just, it, it's so weird. And I, I don't, Lonnie talked about how they were going to put like uh, visions of Savage. It was moles like wandering the desert of Tatooine and mm-hmm. um, like a lot of callbacks to his time in the Clone Wars, you know, the stuff that made Maul like a good character. And they decided not to because they were like, oh, they, they don't want to isolate fans who are just watching Rebels. But the entire endeavor is a multitude of television series and movie arcs. So really, like, I feel like they kind of had to do that, but they didn't. You could have done it. I haven't seen it, so I can't judge yet. But you could have done it in a way that still would have been welcoming to newer fans. That's usually why Star Wars works. Yeah. Like, you can see, like, his brother and be quickly reminded of him. If you don't know who he is, you'll be, you'll want to go out and figure out who he is. That's how the good EU stuff works. But, hey, whatever. That's, that's kind of interesting. But, again, it sounds like that's an interesting idea that wasn't exactly executed very well. Yeah. Um. So yeah. that's a shame. I, it could have been. It could be a great show, but and I hate like shitting on it just because I kind of want to stand up to all the fucking fans who are like bring back the Clone Wars. <laughs> I just I dislike the bring back the EU fans, the old EU fans, because it's driving me crazy. Yeah, I I haven't even seen any recently. Are they still like out there? Do they exist? If you watch any video. I've watched a couple Star Wars videos lately where if you scroll down to the comments, you'll see someone saying something like that. Oh, fuck. Or basically like a vague, like, Disney ruined it. You're like, well, you know, there's implications to... Di-. Like, I'm not trying to... I'm not here to defend fucking Disney. <laughs> but, like, you're, you're missing the fucking point. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, to look at... Like, they're like, I can't believe Luke would abandon his friends. Like, that's what I've seen a lot of lately. Like, they gotta fix what JJ did. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, to me, that's not fucking things up. (laughs) I mean, to me, I get why... That's, to me, why I understand why prequel fans are like, you know, like, they did Anakin's story wrong. Well, the prequel fans, they didn't. They just told the story you didn't know. And prequel fans like Anakin's... Prequel fans like Anakin's story. And to go, like, they did it wrong... Which I, even I've said, but I get I, I, you need to put that's just that's that's very subjective. And to say they did it wrong is never really right. Execution is another thing, but to say that you can't do something entirely, I think misses the point. Because yeah. like you know, the, like the first book to come out for the new uh, EU was that was Aftermath by uh, Chuck Wendig. Is that it? Yes. Um, and like everyone, like there was like a whole like movement just to give it like one star on Amazon. I don't know. I'm not, I, I really don't like being that guy. Cause I mean, cause here's the thing. Most fans are cool. The bad ones are just very vocal. <laughs> most people love something and they don't let it consume them in a way that some of these fans I think have. 
clearly not learning anything about from Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> so, ah, whatever. Fuck it. What's next? Fuck everyone. <laughs> Let's talk about who implemented all the uh, the EU changes, the direction of Star Wars. Uh, we kind of have to talk about Disney and the decision to do spinoff films in between the saga films and how that may or may not have been working out for them. We talked a little bit about it on Rogue One on some um, studio mandates that may or may not be crippling to people who want to go into the franchise and specifically with stuff like the Han Solo film where, hey, maybe this was just a bad idea from day one Mm -hmm. or even before that, before people said we should make this movie. And if you're going to hire someone, you should let them do their job because that's what you hired them for. And if they're seriously mucking things up or whatever, maybe you should have not hired them in the first place. I, it's it's hard to really point all the fingers in any direction, but uh, it's 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 messy right now to say the least. Well, let's just let's just first point out that when Lucas finally decided to step away from Lucasfilm and sell Lucasfilm to Disney, he appoint he personally appointed Kathleen Kennedy to be the new head of Lucasfilm. So she's the one really making the decisions at the end of the day. Uh, Disney has say, of course. Um, what's the guy's name? Bob Iger, who's the head of Disney. Yeah. And of course, Disney shareholders, but they don't really give a fuck about what's in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> they care more about how can we market this thing. Um, and don't make something that'll offend everyone. You know, that's that's basically where Disney plays. We can still appropriate other culture, but we have to do it tastefully. <laughs> that's the Disney brand. So Kathleen Kennedy is the one really making these decisions. Um, and I don't really know too much. I've heard mixed things about her, like, over the years as, like, a producer. Um, she, I believe she produced... Uh, the last Airbender movie, um, I I think. No, she, she the last Airbender movie, uh, Indiana Jones, K- Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, mm-hmm. Diving Bell and the Butterfly, War of the Worlds, like her her well, resume. Well, she did all Spielberg like, stuff. She yeah. started as Spielberg's assistant. So good job rising through the ranks. Yeah, I mean, she's anyone... produced a bunch of good stuff as she has stuff that is. Less than good. <laughs> Don't know all the bodies that are buried to get to you, you know, where you are, but hey, <laughs> you probably have done no worse than a Harvey Weinstein. Um, I'm just saying, there's a lot of Hollywood scumbags out there. Yeah. And Hollywood needs more women scumbags. <laughs> You're kind of painting it in the corner, but I, I guess you're not wrong. Yeah, hey. We gotta, we gotta have this. gotta be... Different scumbags, maybe that don't hurt people. If they're just assholes, that's one thing. I mean, you always could not be a scumbag, but how are you going to get a movie made? <laughs> so yeah, yeah uh, seems okay. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, but I've also heard things about him. I mean, oh. not like you know, not. I want to stress, I haven't heard about either of them about like groping women or masturbating into a plant or some shit <laughs> like. I'm not like accusing. I, you know, there's some there's moments where you're gonna be a dick usually to someone in Hollywood if you get big enough. 
So, but, you know, and also, like, I was, I was bringing up The Last Airbender specifically because if you read some stories about the production of that, she's the one to blame for some of those problems of that movie. Oh, boy. And I was reading about that before she took over Lucasfilm, before there could have been, like, a conceited effort to paint her as, like, a bad person. Because now, like, the fans... Because, you know, she's the boss, and everyone hates the boss. Yeah. So... Not really our boss. We're just fucking fans. <laughs> um, but uh, Make, just put paints another target on her back from assholes. That's the thing. Like, there's that thing where it's like she just you know, turning it into social justice warrior propaganda. <laughs> like, there's that whole angle, and it's just awful, and it's so hard to like you know, navigate when discussing it. Um, but at some point, she pulled the trigger on the Han Solo movie. That has basically turned that movie into just a disaster. I mean, ever, for those who don't know, who may be listening to this, uh, Lord Miller? I actually don't know their first names. Uh, <laughs> Lord and Christopher called, Miller. Yes. Um, they uh, were the original choices to direct the Han Solo film with a script by Lawrence Kasdan and his son. This was one of the first things commissioned like right out of the gate when Lucasfilm decided to do these spin-off movies. Supposedly, this might have happened if Lucas had stayed on and not sold um, Lucasfilm, because they they've always been working on a Boba Fett film. Lord Miller, they directed it. They basically finished the movie to the point where there was a rough cut. And after the rough cut, they were fired. <laughs> I don't... I, there's so much conflicting shit out there about it. Because now, like, you know, Lucasfilm is in big damage control. And so they've put out how they... The, now the narrative has to be that they're salvaging this film. That they're trying to save it, as opposed to they got you know, nervous about where the direction it was going, and Lord Miller went back down, so they were forced to fire them. Which is the, but we don't really know what... All, all we know is that supposedly they made it funny. And that could mean anything. I mean, did they make it funny in the way Star Wars is pretty funny? Did they make it funny in the way that the 21 Jump Street movies are funny? Or did they go, like, Zucker Brothers funny? (laughs) (laughs) Which I understand would be out of place. Because that can mean anything. And funny is so subjective that for some people, when they hear funny, they think of horror show. (laughs) Or Jimmy Olsen Uh, getting shot. Yes, you know. Um... (laughs) But funny has negative connotations. I mean, look at how the fans have reacted to the hint that there's jokes in The Last Jedi. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. There's that weirdness where, like, you can't have anything be funny at all. And that's bullshit. Um, But, I don't know. The the, the solo film thing is so weird to me because it's like... I understand if they got fired, like, a couple weeks in the film. You know? Yeah. Like, I can understand seeing it going, like, oh, this is not what we wanted or something. But they made it all the way to the point where the movie was almost done and then flipped the switch. That's what's so weird about it. Like, that means they were all on the same page at one point, And then at some point, something switched. And not knowing where that is, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And it's just such a, it's an extra fucked up situation because it's a Han Solo movie. And... I, I had heard that thing too about it, it happening even when George Lucas was gonna, was in charge, but like who cares? 
<laughs> it, it's just, well, who cares? Yeah, who wants this? Um, but to me, it's like, well, if you're going to make it, just make it good. Yeah, and I guess there are directions you can kind of go with it. Like, you take the character of Han Solo and just do a movie that doesn't relate anything to the original trilogy, whatever. Just have it be a space adventure movie with Han Solo. Whatever, I'm cool with that. But I don't want to see just, like, little name drop things. Like, oh, here's how they got the Millennium Falcon. Here's how he met Lando. Here's, here's how the he castle eventually... run. Yeah. Here's how he eventually ended up on Tatooine. I, I guess you could hypothetically do all of that. But if your movie revolves around those plot points just to get to them, mm. you're not making a fucking, like, real movie. You're, you're making something to satisfy a fan base. You're doing I, I a... guess you, you could also do... But I don't know. It's it's. I don't like that kind of filmmaking. You're, I guess you're doing. Have you heard of this? You remember this? Yeah. You're doing Ready Player One. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's where Rogue One, as an idea, Rogue One is kind of brilliant. Its execution was a little off, in my opinion. But it's centered around characters we don't know. Took one element of the story we knew and expanded on on it. And it just had one, it really, it should have only had one cameo. <laughs> which should have been Darth Vader. And it should have been a cameo that they didn't tell us about. And that's it. That's all that movie really needed to be. But with the Han Solo movie, I mean, everything that's come out about it, it, it now that Ron Howard's taken over and he's basically showing pictures on set being like, look, we're all having fun. <laughs> Lord and who? <laughs> um... But, I mean, he's like, he's playing up the Kessel shit, and he's playing up, you know, we're going to figure out how he got the Millennium Falcon. We're going to figure out who originally owned it before Lando got it. We're going to figure out all this nonsense that we don't need to know. If I were to do it, I would, if I was in charge of Lucasfilm, which I fucking should be, <laughs> no, um, but I would have put, like, strict rules on it being like, here's the things you don't touch. Like, don't touch Kessel, don't touch these story elements, and, like, put those constraints on it, and try and tell a story that's more about how Han Solo became the jaded asshole he is. Like, why is Han Solo the guy who doesn't want to help the Rebellion at first? But why is there a part of him inside that would lead him to help the Rebellion? You don't need to know that story. But that would be the interesting story to tell. Not how he got his fucking jacket. <laughs> Which is what I fear it's the whole movie's going to be. And honestly, just the grossness of what is going on there. And honestly, Lord and Miller directing it was the only thing that kind of made me slightly interested in the movie. Um, and Lawrence Kasdan writing, but Lawrence Kasdan has written a lot of shit over the years. <laughs> um, go check out Dreamcatcher. I think it's oh. still on Netflix. Oh, no. But I, I have no interest in seeing the movie. Like zero. Uh, okay. Uh, Regardless of some things I've I've heard that have painted Lord and Miller in a less than colorful light, it's still a fucked up situation, and it lends itself to a really disgusting precedent for behind the scenes going on. If this is how these movies are going to be made, and it's super well, ironic to me because the spinoff ones are the ones you'd think they'd let the directors just like wild out on, you know. Like, oh, yeah, these are, like, the ones you can just do whatever you want. Take a character, location, idea you have, and we'll just test drive it over here. But those are the ones that seem to be really constricted. 
whereas opposed to Ryan Johnson, who got to write and direct The Last Jedi, like, by himself. I mean, I'm sure he had, like, help along the way in the writing process. Film is, like, a whole team of And people, I'm sure he, but... he had to show what he was writing while yeah, he wrote yeah, it. Yeah. Because um, yeah. another guy was probably trying to do something very similar, and he got fired. Um, maybe when people realized he was a talentless hack. But... Uh, it's weird. On one end, I'm I'm very upset about certain directors being fired. But on the other hand, I'm very happy another director was fired. How strange. The duality of man. Swing it back around. I don't know how much deeper we want to get into like the rabbit hole of well, what, what What is the bad stuff you've heard about the Lord Miller? I'm just curious. They're apparently very hard to work with. and like Not, not in the, the, the sense that they're intense and demand results because that's that's just what you need to be on a film set. Mm-hmm. Um, but that they aggressively um, berate the crew that they're working with and like it, they're generally uncomfortable. So uh, someone somewhere said something when they heard uh, Lord and Miller were canned from Han Solo that they actually celebrated. And that's, I, I don't think that person wants me to say any more than that, but. Okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, well, if that's true, then fuck them, but here's the thing. It's still a fucked up situation, though. Yeah, but also, they wouldn't be fired for that. Yeah, no, no, no. There's... Hollywood doesn't give a fuck about how you treat your crew. Yeah, no, 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 no. there's no correlation between the, the personality and the work that they did here. But... I'm not here to like defend those guys in terms of like good people. I just I think they're talented filmmakers. No, I, I um, totally agree. And doesn't mean they, you know, there's been a lot of fucking asshole talented filmmakers. Yeah. <laughs> like literally uh, all the ones people go to like right away, like Kubrick, Hitchcock. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like two of my favorites. <laughs> two of the guys you kind of have to study were some <laughs> of the biggest assholes ever. Um, so. Which again, doesn't yeah. make it okay. Doesn't make it okay. Uh, it's, it's just interesting to see how the studio dynamic approaches this situation because yeah, there's no correlation between their firing and their personalities because of mandates and a weird business structure, I guess. And again, I'm just kind of shocked. still the shocking thing about it to me is that they made it all the way to the rough cut before getting fired. That's just what's crazy for me. Yeah. Like, what does that, what does that tell you? You know, like they just, there's no one watching what these people are filming. Yeah. Cause I mean, on the one hand, then that does mean that the restraints aren't that tight on the people mm-hmm. like making movies until they start seeing the final product because they didn't re- replace Gareth Edwards as director entirely. Um, they saw the, the cuts of the movie and were like, hey, end up here and here and here, or we want it to be this way here, 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 you know? And we need to make it make more sense. Yeah. I mean, I understand. I totally understand, like, having to do reshoots to make a film make sense if something goes wrong. I mean, working on these big movies. I can understand getting lost in the woods making a big-budget Hollywood film. Oh, fuck yeah. Or even The Snowman. Ex- yeah. Well, I mean, you've heard, we've heard stories about that. That yeah. sounds like just a like, perfect storm of shit. Did they all agree to make the movie a certain way? <laughs> and then someone changed their mind? Or it's, ner- it's concerning if what happened was they... They agreed to what the rough cut looked like, or at least what the rough cut was going for. And then Kathleen Kennedy saw it and were like, oh, no, I don't want that. Which means that, you know, she doesn't really have a vision 
that's always the concerning thing where these executives, they don't know what they want until they know what they don't want. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like they see that's what they've done. That's kind of what's happened with all the DC films at this point. And they're still oh. pointing fingers at other people. Yeah. They I mean, hired to do jobs that they have been doing, but they haven't made the other movies yet to prove that they're capable of doing the things that they said they're going to do. And it's, it's a totally fucked up situation. And just course correcting constantly. And that's what could happen with Star Wars. If, it's, if, if the management of it isn't good. And that's the problem. That's let's get into like the whole idea of like Disney owning Star Wars. I mean, we can go into like how it's bad that corporations should own these things, which on some level I agree with. I mean, yeah, I would much rather have seen Star Wars go into the public domain after George Lucas died. That never would have happened, but it's what I would have wanted to have seen. Oh, yeah, because George Lucas will never die and will thrive off the energy of the universe forever. George Lucas is going to drop that like next week. <laughs> 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 right, it, I'd rather see this shit in the public domain. I'd rather see no one own it. I'd rather see everyone get a chance to kind of like fiddle with Star Wars in some way. Um, I think that's how most properties should go uh, after a certain amount of time. Disney doesn't want to do that because they want to own everything so they can keep making products and roller coasters out of them. If they're going to own it, they should at least make good movies. <laughs> If we're going to live under this system, this horrible <laughs> system called capitalism, we should at least be able to get two and a half hours of entertainment out of it. Say we're capitalist, and that's just the way it is. Good job, Nancy. Really you guys are definitely going to win more seats. You're neck and neck with a child molester. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, this is going to be like the most upsetting episode ever now Fuck oh him. we all go together when we go uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's neat. so to get back to star wars which is what we're here to talk about and not the slow decline of the american empire people need to know what they're doing yes. <laughs> long and short and the thing is the people who run these corporations are risk averse by nature and what star wars needs to keep living is to take risks stagnation will do more damage to Star Wars than risk-taking. In fact, I think Star Wars fucking up will do more to help it than to hurt it. And that sounds ridiculous. But Star Wars as a concept is so good that even when it fucks up, it's still fun to talk about. Yeah, We just did three episodes on the prequels, and yeah. that was worth it. <laughs> Entirely. And look at how much we've gotten that not just us, but like culture as a whole got out of the prequels, which most people would say are bad. Whether or not they're right is another thing, but most general audiences say the prequels are bad. But we, it, we gained a lot from it. And a lot of people know a lot of goofy memes now. <laughs> I think memes and fan art are a good way to judge a work's cultural impact. <laughs> yeah. But if you do, if, if we keep going and we're just getting the same Star Wars story over and over again, that's going to hurt where Star Wars goes. And I don't, I have yet to see evidence that the people running the show know how to take chances. 
that could change this Thursday, <laughs> depending on how the movie go- plays out. Um, but right now we're in this weird spot where honestly, the last Jedi is a very important film to look at. Cause I think that'll be a bigger indicator of where things are going. Um, even if we get a return of the Jedi situation with JJ coming back for the next star Wars, um, as long as this one does something interesting, I think we could at least hope for more interesting things into the future. Yeah. And not just for this trilogy or this, ongoing series but and not even like the spinoffs that ryan johnson's gonna do but the series like all of yeah and that's that's yes that kind of makes me even more excited than i was for the last jedi but also more worried i'm very nervous (laughs) as much faith as i have in ryan johnson as being you know a good director um you never know sometimes the thing just doesn't work, even when everyone tries their hardest. Yeah, sometimes you have a Jurassic Park, and then other times you have the Lost World Jurassic Park. Yeah, so. I mean, I was afraid you were about to say Jurassic World, but you no. made the right. You went to the right place. Yeah, I went to the original worst to... Jurassic Park movie. Yeah, which is so weird. Because <laughs> um, there's but more. It, of but them. see it. Yeah, but also it's like it, that's how it happens sometimes. And we don't know right now where The Last Jedi is going to go. Because, you know, they can't say anything, nor do I want to know anything before seeing it. And yeah, there's just always a chance that you could sit down for the movie and it just, you're like, you know, you get to that point like an hour in where you're just like, oh no. <laughs> it's not working. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting or important to watch it even if it doesn't work for you personally. Or it does work for you personally. After the fact, what once you've processed your own feelings, uh, it's not necessary. But for like discussions like this, take a moment to think about liked it or didn't like it. But did it? Is it going to make an impact in the right way mm-hmm. for a series that needs to be ongoing essentially forever now? Like, can they build off of this, or is this where it peaked, or is this where it just fucking dropped the ball? into, like, a pile of shit. Or is there no real value in it? I mean, you could just go see or, it. There you go. Like, you could see it and go, wow, nothing was gained or lost by this film. <laughs> Which, <laughs> the big fear of The Force Awakens. Yeah, that was, that was honestly, like, my biggest fear of that movie. Because I knew, because JJ's a solid director, so I knew we were going to get a solidly made film, but that doesn't mean it was going to be anything worth seeing. Turned out it was the opposite. Yeah. Um... But also we live in this weird thing where fan culture now is built in this way where if a movie comes out and let's say, let's not even say it's bad, but let's say it's challenging. Instead of going out of the movie and being like, oh, that sucked. Everyone gets online, gets their cameras pointed at their face and goes, Kathleen Kennedy, you have to fix Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) And it's now about like, because you know, like, we consider ourselves like these participants in Star Wars, which we really aren't. I mean, we're just, we're just two idiots talking about it. <laughs> Along with a bunch of other idiots talking about it. And it's not ours in any way. Um, but we feel ownership with it because that's kind of what these corporations have made us feel. 
And that's created a weird environment where now people feel like they're entitled to get a film they want and not get a film that maybe challenges them in some way. And oddly enough, that was another problem of the prequels where the prequels did challenge people in ways that fans just weren't ready for. And even me, I mean, it took me a little while to come to terms with some of the stuff in it that I'm now cool with in the prequels. And uh, it's, it's that classic um, film thing, like, Empire wasn't universally acclaimed at the time of release, you know? It was pretty divided. Mm-hmm. It was pretty down the middle. Yeah. The Thing, John Carpenter's uh, fucking the greatest movie ever made, possibly. The Thing was yes. universe. It was negatively received at the time of release. Yeah. Sometimes it just, it just takes a little while for things to settle in. So if you're unsure of how to feel about The Last Jedi when you watch it, that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Sometimes you just need time to process your feelings. You don't need to rush out to Twitter for your immediate reaction. I mean, you could, you could do that, I guess. Just don't be like, this is how I'm going to feel forever. Because you're a person. You're going to change and, and grow or, or diminish. I don't know. Maybe you're a piece of shit. Or maybe you're a good person and you learn from your experiences. Your taste changes. Whatever. Things, I, I, things change. I know a lot of people who walked out of Jurassic World liking it. I, look, I said I was sorry. <laughs> you bastard. You gotta settle it. You gotta think about it more than uh, once. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like Miami Vice when I first saw it. Now I literally can't shut up about it. I brought it up at a Christmas party this weekend, mm-hmm. and everyone looked at me like I'm fucking crazy. But yeah, and I I didn't like Man of Steel when I first saw it, and now I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But I mean, we all have movies where you walk out and you go like, ah, oh, that wasn't what I wanted it to be. But then you think about it and you're like, oh, you know, that was actually pretty good or come around to it. Um, I remember, I mean, if you want to go with the, I think that's maybe a weird example, but like, I remember seeing Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master and not getting it the first time I saw it. Like really not getting it. And it was probably because I went into it wanting there will be blood again. <laughs> And, you know, even if I didn't want to admit that to myself, that was kind of what I was looking for. And when I didn't get that, I kind of, I didn't react negatively to it, but I also did walk out of it going, that was weird. And now I like that movie more than There Will Be Blood. You change. And there's some movies I saw this year where I don't really know how I feel about them and I'll have to revisit them. Like Alien Covenant. I saw, the, no, that one, I already revisited it and it's, I'm putting that in the coffin and burying it. Like the as every day goes by, I hate that movie more and more. You know, I've been hearing that a lot lately uh, from people. That's great. <laughs> that's so great. That is just keep it going, people. Uh, I was gonna use an example of something that I like. I was gonna defend a movie, and now I can't remember. Ah, uh, you fucked me up. Uh, King Arthur. No, I mean, I saw that once and I was bored. <laughs> I'm not seeing the boss baby. I can live my whole life without seeing that. It's actually, it's genuinely good for like half an hour. Babies creep me out. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. I, I get that actually. Yeah, there's some fucking movies out there. challenging sometimes. If you change your mind. You're for wellness. Um, yeah, I like that. I, now go. I'm like, I was going to bring up a specific film, and now I can't remember what the fuck it was. You fucked me. Atomic Blonde. No, I love Atomic Blonde. I, th- what? Oh, uh, no, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh, okay. 
No, I wasn't going to defend it. I'm in a weird spot where I still don't know how I feel about it because it kind of lost me at the end. Did you see that? I have not, but I, I had only seen one of that guy's previous films, The Lobster, and mm-hmm. I, it wasn't for me where I could appreciate it, but I'm like, I never need to watch this again, and I don't think I yeah. liked it. But I love The Lobster. But having seen Killing of a Sacred Deer, I'm worried that what I loved about The Lobster wasn't as intentional as I thought it was. Oh, no. <laughs> so now I'm, like, very confused. I, I, I have to see how my opinions on Killing of a Sacred Deer... It's funny, because I'm seeing Star Wars on Thursday, and net neutrality is going to get overturned on Thursday. Oh, God. So... It's, this week's a little intense. I'm going to have one of those moments where I walk into that theater, and it better be fucking good. <laughs> because <laughs> I need it like two and a half hours of just not being on earth <laughs> uh, and, and in, that, in that sense I want to touch on one last thing here uh, I don't like theorizing too much or any of that but this movie has to be good specifically for Disney not just for the longevity of the franchise but because they just staked an entire trilogy on the mind of Ryan Johnson and to me that says a very confident but Warner Brothers executives also stood and applauded after BVS first screened for them. So executives don't know anything. And do you want to just go punch those executives? Like I want to, you know what? Yeah. Because even though I, I didn't like those movies, Zack Snyder got to make them his justice league was not a Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. And it was even worse. So, <laughs> and I got the, freaking, uh, whatever. Did you get that realization where you, I, I had that moment where I realized, oh, now I get what Zack Snyder was going for. Yeah. And, and I, still, I still don't think he made movies that I, I liked. Doesn't mean he could have pulled it off, but it's like, wow. Um, but if you're those executives, just have you ever seen anything? And especially given all his, his very, very rough two years, they can go fuck themselves. Those those guys are pieces of shit. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck yeah. everyone. Fuck Hollywood. Uh, but possibly burn, baby, burn. Possibly fuck the Star Wars executives. I don't know. Maybe. Um, maybe it'll it'll depend on where it goes. Yeah, it's it's up in um, the air, and I think that's scary and exciting, and a lot of things, a lot of feelings. Yeah. It's, uh, we don't know what's going to happen right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they promised us a, a new glimpse into the side of the Star Wars universe that we haven't seen before. That could mean fucking anything. Yep. So it's like, it's, and it's I love, basically tells us nothing. <laughs> I love the people who are like, Ryan Johnson's going to do an Old Republic film. <laughs> and then it kind of came out, well, Ryan Johnson's like, well, I still don't know what I want to do. And they're like, that doesn't mean he isn't doing an Old Republic film. And it's like, you know like, why? Because he's just fucking finished The Last Jedi. Yeah, he wants a fucking break. <laughs> he's got a couple years to sort this out. Let him fucking... He's going to come up with something that's not... That we don't know about, hopefully. Ah, yeah, like, I guess that's why fans shouldn't run these things. Yes, and if like... If they absolutely had to put like a label on a time period, I bet they'll just toss in Old Republic just for the, just to shut people up, and yeah. then they'll still like just explore some other side of things 
Like, I'd be interested in, in more history about the Force. I, I don't know, older, ancient Star Wars politics in a vastly different lens than what we've seen before. Well, uh, if we, uh, to talk about some interesting stuff in the EU, a recent book came out about the adventures of Luke Skywalker, like post-Jedi. Um, and one of the elements that was brought up in that very briefly is that in different parts of the galaxy, they have different names for the Force. Hmm. Um, and I think that's interesting. And uh, so to me, I would like to see, you know, I would like to see a Star Wars film without, with the Force, but without Jedi or Sith. But that's just me. Um, I, I'm so actually on board with you with that. Because uh, there's got to be other religions out there. There's fucking like nine churches near my house. <laughs> so. Oh, God, you should see in L.A. Oh, yeah, there's like, there, yeah. Well, you got this fucking Scientology <laughs> headquarters there. Here's an interesting thing, though. Yeah. So, like, like, Ryan Johnson wants to tell these completely original stories, which we don't know what they mean because no one knows what they mean. Yeah. <laughs> For all we know, they're not going to happen if the fallout from Last Jedi is, like, really bad. Yeah. Um, but, like, what, when does it go too far into not being Star Wars? I would say, in terms of plot, you're not, I, I think it's limitless. In terms of, like, themes and feel to the movies, I think there needs to be a sweeping emotional score to it. It needs to feel classical, in a way. I don't think every, every Star Wars movie needs the, the fade, the wipes. <laughs> I, I think it's okay to retire those eventually. Not keep those. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, keep them. Why not? I mean, I don't, I don't mind them being there, but I, I don't think they need to stick around forever. I think they're a great little... I think that's a very subtle wink. Okay. To be like, no matter how big these stories are, they're still like Saturday morning serials. <laughs> Remember your roots. Okay. Um, but, I'm, but also, I'm not saying like, I'm not going to like walk out of a Star Wars movie going like, they didn't do any wipes. <laughs> I'm not going to be that guy, but I, I like them. I, Star Wars is so beautiful because you really can do anything with it for the most part. Like, I want to see, like, treasure hunt movies in Star Wars. I want to see, like, Indiana Jones. I just want treasure hunt movies. Mm -hmm. I just want treasure hunt movies all the time, and no one's giving them to me. So if I saw them in Star Wars, I would scream. But really, I think when they start to feel tired and obligatory, I, I can't think of any, like, specific circumstance in in terms of a narrative that i would feel tired maybe when they actually repeat themselves without rhyme or reason mm -hmm. that's when it's like oh no time to shelf it for a little bit come back later i would really hope that whatever ryan johnson does it like kicks the door open in some way but again for all i know it could just be like star wars film but at a different time in a not not so long ago I'm also concerned, I am concerned about that, though, because at some point I feel like, I really feel like, I get annoyed when I hear the Disney executives constantly saying, like, well, this is, these are the Skywalker stories, <laughs> when they refer to the saga films, as they call them. Like, I want to keep seeing, like, I want to make it to episode 10. I don't want them to stop that. And I feel like they're trying everything they can to not have to keep doing these episodes. At least that's the vibe I've gotten. Well, they have stopped numbering them officially. 
Well, they don't have the numbers on the titles. Yeah. But I'm fine with that. They didn't do that with Empire. The only one that did the only ones that did that were the prequel films, just because that kind of it was kind of un- easy to understand episodes one, two, and three. They they were the ones that really played up the episode idea because they had to introduce the idea of prequels to people. Um, whereas Star Wars, if you look at all the posters for Star Wars Ep- Empire Strikes Back, it just says Empire Strikes Back. Since Disney's taken over, they all say Star Wars <laughs> in really big letters, and then the subtitle is somewhere. Yeah. So that's I'm, I don't like that very much, and I'm afraid that that's a hint at not wanting to like, you know, letting the marketing drive this a little too much. I hope they grow up. We'll have to wait and see. Because everyone knows it's fucking Star Wars when you have something called the Last Jedi. There's literally no mm. other fictional canon that has the term Jedi. So, and I think you're gonna need those episodes to stick around if you want to keep doing these fucking spinoff movies. Yeah, <laughs> keep blowing up in their faces. Because I was actually, I was at, um, I was at uh, a gym, and a guy there was talking about Star Wars, and he was all confused because of Rogue One. Oh, he was like, "Is this new one the actually actually following up what happened with Luke Skywalker?" Because I saw the other one that was nothing to do with it, and so you know, the general public doesn't seem to understand it. Yeah, the whole so. Star Wars story doesn't really uh, catch on like I, I think they wanted to. And if you're going to be nothing but spinoffs. It's going to be weird. I'm just saying, though, if they do like a trilogy with the Ryan Johnson things, I wonder if the movies will even be called Star Wars. Because if you're going to do like a series, you'd have to do like episode one, episode two, episode three. I never even considered that. And but... if you just if you do Star Wars episode one, then people are going to be like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe they'll do the Mission Impossible thing where it's like mission, semicolon, impossible, dash, <laughs> well, that's what that's that's where uh, that's what the Star Wars movies are. Except it's Star Wars dash Episode One colon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if they just they just switch it around. Forward slash yeah. parentheses. Backslash. <laughs> Brackets. HTTP. Oh. <laughs> go to yeah, W. At the time, you gotta go to a URL. Go to w double w dot <laughs> dot go dot disney dot lucasfilm dot star wars star wars dash episode whatever <laughs> semicolon jedi <laughs> backspace one underscore one <laughs> That would be a great way to that, that, dot com dot gov. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, after net neutrality. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy. Welcome to <laughs> hell, everyone. <laughs> Kill the rich. <laughs> Matt, where can the people find you? I don't know if you want to let them know after that. Um, you can't find me, government. Uh, just follow my mailing address. Um, no. Uh. You find me at EmperorOTN at Twitter.com. Unless you're the NSA. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at D-E-G-G-O Waffles. Uh, number one Steve Buscemi fan for right now. And always, unless Sam Neill decides to take the title back. Uh, check out everything else on the Waffle Press. We've got Steel Saunders guesting. Stop for, uh, calling another, me. <laughs> another episode 
Uh, like, subscribe. If you didn't like it, like and subscribe anyways because you might find something you do like. Wait a minute. Uh, Put the brakes on. I got to say something. <laughs> okay. And I'm sorry for throwing I'll this put in. This in my, earlier. I, yes, I, but I forgot to say this. Um, okay. Because I might not be in the mood to say this after seeing The Last Jedi, so I want to say it now. Okay. And that is just a big thank you to you, Diego, for letting me do this. Because you do all the work, and I'm just the idiot who gets to come on here and ramble. And I've had a lot of fun doing it. And I've had a lot of fun doing the Alien films. I've had a lot of fun doing all the other bullshit we've done. And it's great. And I hope people, I hope people enjoyed it. I hope people can put up with me being obnoxious. And understand that Diego's a really good hard worker at making these episodes listenable. And so I just wanted to say thank you for having me on. Oh, well, this pleasure has been all mine. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this. I sincerely mean that. It has been a lot of fun, even though you're, you're incredibly wrong about Alien Covenant. These, these topics are always entertaining. I learn a lot about George Lucas hating his life from you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, I sincerely hope we can continue doing this for, for a time because I look forward to recording them with you and editing them hours and hours at a time. And it's also good to thank you now because once net neutrality gets overturned, you won't be able to do a podcast anymore. (laughs) (laughs) There's more of us than them. We can kill them. Storm the Bastille. (laughs) We've been professionally unprofessional.